Before we start today's show, I want to let the Dirtballs know we are doing a contest with our friends over at Chill Boys. They are doing a giveaway for two pairs of Chill Boys boxers. A winner will get two free pairs. All they need to do, Joe Prano, to enter the contest with Chill Boys is follow at Chill Boys on Instagram and tag two of their friends under any Chill Boys Instagram post. And that's at Chill Boys, C-H-I-L-L Boys. And also follow us at The Dirty Sports on Instagram. So this is a real... Tag two of your friends, get two pairs of boxers. Follow Chill Boys on Instagram, follow Dirty Sports, tag two friends, enter to win. It's that simple. Who doesn't need extra boxer shorts? I know a lot of our dirtballs do. I'm assuming skid marks. I'd like to meet the person that doesn't need two extra pairs of underwear. Yeah, I agree. So go ahead and do that. That'll be going on for the next seven days to enter the Chill Boys contest. Okay, dirtballs, let's start the show. Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andrew. I'm turnt. I'm turnt. What are you turned for? I'm ready to fight some pirates. <laughs> Is that our lead story today? Your Bro- Reds just losing their minds. Bro. So literally just one guy on the Reds, but then also everybody's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Here's my deal. Purposely wearing my nasty boy shirt, mm-hmm. my Reds hat, my death row socks. Yep. It's war, baby. The Pirates Reds beef is one of the all-time great, like... No one cares. No one gives a shit beef. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like watching a UFC fight or like a boxing match. And you like... Remember back in the old days when you get boxing on pay-per-view? You're like getting a Tyson fight and... You, you buy the pay-per-view. You know the fight's not coming on until, like, 11 p.m. or midnight. Yeah. But, like, at 9 p.m., you're putting out chips and dip and fucking beers for the people who are coming over. And in the background, the undercard's on, and two guys are pulverizing each other to death. Yeah. And, like, you're too, you're too busy fucking putting out sour cream dip. And meanwhile, the announcer's like, this is a war. And yeah. Like, I don't know who either of these people are, but they're murdering each other while I put out fucking veggie dip. Sure. Well, it's not just the Reds, though. A lot of teams are having beef with the Pirates this year. Yeah. I know the Cubs have. Joe Madden has said some things. Uh, just basically, it boils down to, dude, you can retaliate. If you got problems with Dietrich pimping a home run, you can hit him. Don't throw it his fucking head with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Right. That's, this is where the main issue is kind of coming from, from not only the Reds but some other managers, is, dude, you can bean our players. Don't go headhunting. Yeah. It's too dangerous. 
I mean, it it's a uh, that's the thing. It's like aim for the ass. Yeah. And then if you hit somebody, if you go high, you get their back. It seems like guys are trying to drill. It seems like the Pirates dudes are like trying to drill dudes like in the middle of their fucking back, and then they're missing high. Like, I don't think anybody's throwing at heads. I hope not. I, I don't think so. Um, but it was awesome. It was, it was an awesome fight. My brother was there live. That's great. With his wife. Which one of your brothers? Greg. Although he was probably in... Is work. He's probably in a suite. I know he was in a suite. Like it's just not the same feeling, right? In a suite versus on the field. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't know what was happening. You know, I host that show on Tuesdays at the Santa Monica Hostel, and I got a text from Cutter, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Dude, check this out." Yeah, Amir Garrett decided to take on the entire Pittsburgh team and when you watch him talking to them before he charges like it seems like he tells them he's coming yeah well i'm gonna fight all of you guys and they're like probably not gonna run over here by himself right and like he's like no i'm gonna fight all of you guys and then why he waited to get rid of the baseball i have no idea it's like dude you know there this is not an official thing like you don't have to give the baseball to your manager yeah well just drop the ball and go well, you sent me. We have we have that breakdown. Oh, that guy. We, we got to shout this that dude guy out. Crushes breakdowns. I wish his Twitter was a better follow. He's just like a Yankees fucking slurper and a Yankees barrage, just like a barrage of Yankees tweets all day, every day. But I followed him for a minute. I unfollowed him. But thankfully, every John time, boy. Yeah, thankfully every time there's a fight, people immediate, yeah immediately get his his breakdowns out there. Yeah. Great YouTube video. I posted it on my personal. You sent it to me and Laz. Uh, he breaks down the whole lead up to the fight, all the lip reading as far as what exactly the Reds players were saying to the Pirates. Again, two teams that are not going to make the playoffs. Probably 8,000 people at the Reds game, maybe. Oh. Not even. Yeah. Not even. Late July night game. Cincinnati. The two last place teams in the yeah. division, not many people there. But I gotta say, Joe, of all the fights we've seen in baseball in our life, have you ever seen anything like what Amir Garrett did? Because I was thinking back, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot. I can't remember a guy trying to take on a whole team. He literally goes for the whole team. Yeah, usually you don't. Usually people are charging the mound, so it's like. People are going at one guy. You don't often see somebody charge at the dugout. I've, I I can't think of anything like it. The The closest thing I could remember, like, the scene being like was that Orioles-Yankees fight back in the day. Yeah. Where uh, I forget who the tall-ass bird-looking fucking guy in the Yankees was. But, like, Strawberry was throwing people down the dugout stairs. Benito fucking oh, Armando Benitez was involved. It was, like, a pretty legit... It, like, just the scene of it all happening by the dugout steps, like, that all reminded me of that fight. But, yeah, I've never seen – because you always see somebody charge them out or you see somebody go at the uh, a batter or you see, like, the closest you'll get to, like, a multi-person thing is, like, somebody crossing the plate and then it all happens by the plate while yeah. somebody's talking shit. But somebody running to the dugout <laughs> as the dugout clears – 
That was some fucking Battle of the Bastards shit. This is like Jon Snow, like. <laughs> almost took out fucking Gooden up there. Battle of the Bastards. He's a big. We need, we need, we need an Amir Garrett, like the entire fucking uh, Pirates team running at him, like Game of Thrones style, and him unsheathing his glove. He's a big guy, too, man. Yeah. He played, for those who don't know, he played for a couple of years for St. John's. Yeah. So, I mean, he played Big East basketball. Obviously, he's a great athlete. I I knew I knew the middle guy was going to do this. <laughs> he would do it on the court all the time, just out there banging, bruising, grabbing rebounds. Watch out for that guy's elbows. Yeah. I got in a little scuffle with him in practice one time. I tried to take him out of a game, and uh, he, he fought the entire bench. The The ladies' team was ready to take the court after for practice. He fought all of them. He was beating up ladies. It was a crazy, crazy scene. Crazy scene at a Conoseco Arena. Nice little cameo from former St. John's player and former coach, yeah. Chris Mullen. I like it, though. Look, as a guy who's— how, do you, how can you not like it? As a guy whose team has sucked— for a few years now, the the Reds have lacked swag, firepower. Look, they're not that good of a team. They're basically they're seven games below five hundred. They started the season one and eight, so they've they've literally played five hundred ball since that awful start. Right. So, whatever. It's a tough division. As a guy from Cincinnati, I love it. I'm wearing my Nasty Boys shirt. Look, man, when I was growing up, when you had the Nasty Boys and you had Rob Dibble, Norm Charlton, Randy Myers, those guys had fucking fire in them. And that's why I love seeing this. I love seeing Puig go nuts. That's also why— I mean, we got to talk about that, too. The Puig, yeah. Puig fighting people for a team he's already been traded from. It says a lot about him. Yeah. Do you think he knew he had been traded at that point? Yeah, I do. Why didn't they take him out after he'd been traded? That's what a lot of people were saying. So weird. That's like, remember uh, the, the uh, God, why am I fucking blanking on the uh, Wilmer Flores? Remember when Wilmer Flores got traded? They put him back out of shortstop. He started crying. Like, yeah. Once a guy gets traded, take him out of the game. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up, honestly. Well, it's fucked up to the Indians. It's fucked up to everybody. Yeah. It's fucked up to Puig. Cause like maybe he didn't know he's out there he's out there literally fighting people. He's like I'm not even on this team anymore. Yeah, but I look at Puig as the type of guy he's ready to fight. Yeah, Puig doesn't give a fuck. He like in that review in that recap like he's calling out Reds guys for not fighting more. Yeah, he's like you fucking pussies. I mean we're talking about a guy who, not even joking, left Cuba and was smuggled through. Basically, a, dr- a drug ring, right? Like yeah. a drug cartel yeah. smuggled Puig from Cuba up through... Gotta love Puig. Obviously, I saw Puig play all those years here, but I'm not a Dodgers fan. This year, I've watched, actually, shout out to Miliano. I have watched more Reds games this year. So thank you for hooking Joe and I up once again with the MLB uh, package I've watched more Reds games this year than since I lived back in Cincinnati in high school. I have thoroughly enjoyed Puig. Has he been hot and cold? Yeah. Did he start bad? Sure. But the thing about Puig is he brings energy. He's always going to try. He might he might just go rogue. That's fucking Puig. Yeah. But that's why it pains me so much as a Reds fan 
and for the city to finally see a guy like this on our team, which we've lacked. I mean, when, when's the last time the Reds had an outfielder with swag? Yeah. Eric Davis? I mean, realistically, when's the last time, and I'm sure I'm missing some people, but like a guy who's going to bring that energy to the ballpark that people want to see. It's been years in Cincinnati, and then they trade him. Yeah. What do you make of the trade? As an outsider looking in, I, I, I've had a few days now to kind of evaluate the trade for Trevor Bauer. I think Trevor Bauer is a nice piece, but they're basically saying his contract ends after 2020. The Reds are basically renting him for the rest of this season and next season yeah. for a playoff push. Kind of weird to me. I don't understand the Trevor Bauer. I don't understand the Indians trading Trevor Bauer. What was behind that? Like, it was just he was on the table the whole time. I get that he's up after next year, but the Indians are currently what? Like, let's let's like look at their status. I think they're two and a half or three games out. Yeah, of the of division, the division behind the Twins, and they're currently are they currently a wild card team? Yeah, they're currently leading the wild card. He's a good pitcher. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand that. Like I guess I, I didn't understand him being on the block the whole time. Maybe issues with the team. Yeah, but I mean, obviously we saw him chuck the ball. Right. That was when he was fucking taken out. Like, I get it. He's he's a lunatic. That like the long ESPN article on him this year, like the guy's a fucking lunatic and whatever, but like You know where he's from? No. He's born in North Hollywood. Really? Yeah. So wow. he's a, he's a local Cali kid. He went to uh, went to UCLA. Uh, I didn't I didn't really understand that, but like all in all, I think that deal worked out for kind of everybody. Yeah. Except you're the you're in the playoffs, and you're giving up one of you're your starters. Up one of your starters. Seems weird to me. Yeah. Well, I get maybe addition by subtraction. I guess that's I guess that's the only answer. But uh, yeah, you gotta fucking you gotta be sad, please, gone. But you gotta be happy. You got a nice piece. Um, and then and then the the Padres dealing a couple guys in that in that three way deal as well. Yeah, it just sucks for me. Like I said, that you have this guy in Puig who. Gets people to the ballpark. Yeah, no, sure. nothing against Joey Votto, and I I've been saying this. I love Joey Votto. He's not. You're not there to be like, oh, I'm going to see Joey Votto. And that and work. that's the thing about baseball is you like it takes little shit like that. Like that's how you change the culture of a team. That's what I'm like, saying. The dude like Garrett fighting everybody. It's like that's a good thing. Like I don't know if you saw like with my Mets this week two things that are like otherwise sort of inconsequential but totally can change the culture pete alonzo writes this long note uh in on his iphone and screenshots it and puts it up about how they need the fans going down the stretch and the last thing he puts is hashtag lfgm which the mets hashtag is always lgm let's go Mets. so let's he, fucking go let's mets. fucking go mets and yeah. people are like losing their minds yeah and it's like you have this 23 year old kid who's like on his way to hitting 50 bombs and he's fucking like let's fucking go and then cinder guard who's posting i'm staying the i'm staying clip from fucking wolf of wall street you're like dude these are these are two kids yeah you know in their in their mid early to mid 20s 
that are like fucking we're here for to be Mets. Let's get turned. And that's the kind of shit that just changes your, your culture. Yeah, I agree. As opposed to guys who are just like, I'm here to play baseball. Like, I'll play here. I'll play there. I'll play wherever. I just want to like, you know, I just want to do me. Yeah. So. No, I get it. Like, and I also get the trade for Bauer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just pains me. But you guys have pitched well this year. It's fallen off a lot during the season. But, like, it hasn't been a debacle. That's what I'm saying. The Reds have given up the second fewest amount of runs in the National League. You're exactly right. They've pitched well. And... The Reds, the Reds are just a weird enigma because if you look at the standings, the Reds plus minus differential, dude, they're plus twenty nine. Yeah, and they have a losing record. Right. No one even comes close to that in baseball. To put things in perspective, the Cardinals are tied with the Cubs. They're plus eighteen. Yeah. The Reds have a better, much better. Plus minus differential on their six games under five hundred. So look, dude, moving forward for me, I hope it works out. It sucks to see Puig go. They have a good lineup. They're gonna have a good pitching staff on paper. Like Sonny Gray's had a good year. He made the All Star team, but you never know with him. Obviously, Castillo's a young star. I like where they are moving forward. But now, if you're Puig, do you just embrace the oh. Pedro Serrano thing? You just go full Cuban, Cleveland Indian. You just like. Do you get the goatee? Do you start eating fucking buckets of chicken in the <laughs> dugout? You get a Joe Boo in your locker. I if, if I'm him, I absolutely do. Just like own it. Yeah, I like that. Puig goes from getting smuggled from Cuba, risking his life. Yeah, he, poor guy risks his life to get to America, and now he's being passed back and forth across the state of Ohio. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Fucking sad. He gets to L.A. Great city. Yeah. He's like, this is what I'm here for. Beanie babies everywhere, hot babies on the beach. This is amazing. And they're like, this is Chile. He's like, no, please, no. No, I did not go to Chile. I went to L.A. Chile, no Chile. L.A., L.A., no Chile. They're like, not Chile, Chile. He's like, please, no. Yeah. But they needed him. Cleveland needed They needed some help Yeah, as far as in their lineup. So... I agree with you. I think it's a good trade all the way around. And let's just get to and all our trades. our boy Fran Mill Reyes is, was involved in the three-way trade. Do you remember him? Yeah. When we were at fucking spring training and we saw him live and we were like, oh, that guy's 700 feet tall. He's that goddamn monster. Do you know Reyes had a Petco Park tattoo on his like chest? Really? Yeah. A Petco Park tattoo. I think it was something for the Padres. Wild. And now... <sighs> might regret that. Dude, yeah. Dude's a beast, though. Well, the big winner, we all know the big winner of the trade deadline. It's got to be the Astros. Yeah. Astros adding Granky. Fucking wild. Wild. Yeah. Good, nice move by them. Like, I, I picked the Astros to win the World Series at the start of the season because I just felt like it was... Uh, look, the Red Sox played great last year. They... They trounced the Astros in that series, but that series came down to like a couple of at bats, a couple of bad calls, a couple like that series. In my opinion, Red Sox fans be like, "Fuck you," because Red Sox fans are the worst. But uh, I feel like that series 
still could have gone either way after the first couple games. And I just think that the Astros were too good to like, it just seemed like, Oh, we won the world series. We have a setback here. We're going to come right back. Yeah. And I think that they feel that way too. Their lineup has been stacked for, you know, the better part of this decade. Uh, they're young, they're fun. And now they, when they like, this is essentially exactly what they did with Verlander. Yeah, it they're is. Like, they're like, we're good. Give us an ace down the stretch. Boom, World Series. Now they're just taking that and they're adding Granky. They're doing the exact same. Granky being added right now is the exact same move as when they added Verlander. It is. So this is their projected rotation. Verlander, Garrett Cole, Zach Granky, Wade Miley, and Aaron Sanchez, who they also got from the Blue Jays. Who, again, when you think about coming playoff time, he won't even, like, they'll, they'll probably start four guys. Sure. And and that could be Sanchez, that could be Miley, I don't know, like, but those those first three come playoff time, especially if they if they go deep, it could end up being those three, you know? The yeah. Way, the way the, the people have pitched the World Series lately, with depth behind them and starters, who you know, whoever takes a game four. No one has whoever. a deeper rotation at all. No, I mean, like I like we were talking in the car yesterday. I would say, you know, the Mets adding Stroman and not ending up trading Cindergaard or Wheeler, like a one to five starter situation, maybe. But you have you have veterans with experience in Verlander and Granky. Even Wade Miley pitched yeah. well for the Brewers yeah. last year in the playoffs. But no one has more. No one has a better playoff pitching staff starters-wise than the Astros. No, no the, way. Not, not even close. Yeah. Because, again, same thing, like even if – and I'm not counting on it despite Pete Alonzo's texts and uh, Noah Cinder saying, even if the Mets were a playoff team, you, you back that – you know, you back that rotation up to three or four guys. Like you can't touch – even Syndergaard, DeGrom, you know, Stroman doesn't touch – Cole, Granky, and Verlander. The the Astros fanboys are out in full force. Yeah, they on, should be on YouTube right now. They should be full force. They should be. I I I think the Astros are going to win the World Series. I thought the Astros were going to win the World Series prior to the season. Well, so does the Las Vegas Westgate Sportsbook. These are the current updated World Series odds after yesterday's trades. The Astros are two to one to win. The Doyers are three to one. Yankees six to one, Braves nine to one, Cubs fourteen to one, Twins sixteen to one, Cardinals eighteen to one, and the Indians twenty to one. I really fucking dropped the ball. I was in Tahoe. I loved the card. The Cardinals when I was in Tahoe were thirty to one. They were in like fourth place, third place, whatever. Never sleep on the Cardinals, man. And I and my friend Ian and I. We're talking about making a baseball futures bet, and we were both like, "Let's get on that Cardinals at thirty to one." This is like where they turn the corner. The second I, I get in the car to leave Tahoe, and I was like, "Fuck!" I forgot to make that Cardinals bet. And I was literally like, "I have a hundred dollar bill in my hand." I was like, "Am I going back in right now?" And I was like, "I'm already in the car." The second I leave Tahoe, they fucking win like eleven of their next twelve straight games. They're in fucking first place. They're now down to eighteen to one. I want to kill myself. Yeah. Well, we have a question from YouTube. I'll hop into YouTube here today. I already know your answer, but go ahead. Cody Spell asks, do the Astros have the best rotation of 
all time. No. No. Um, I mean, I'd have to like really fucking break what it down. What was the Braves during their run? Yeah. Come on. Glavin. I'm, Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox. Maddox. Avery. Mean, Avery. Yeah. They had, uh, I mean, they went through, they went through a, uh, a while where I'm, I'm trying to think who is there. There was another fourth, but like right there, like that's th- three, three Hall of, of Famers. Three of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Sure thing. Like Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox. Maddox is arguably the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah. Like arguably, um, Glavin, Smoltz. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would be up in that mix. I mean, there was years those Yankees teams. I was just, just gonna just say, kept adding dudes like it. You know, it was it was always a mixed bag. Like Key, Clemens, McDowell, Musina. Like through those years, they kept mixing up like that. Yeah, Pettit. Um, look. They're they're up there, but like Verlander, Granky are two guys. Like Verlander's a sure thing Hall of Famer. Granky's not a sure thing Hall of Famer. You know, Garrett Cole has a lot, has has had a great couple years, but I mean, like we also haven't seen Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole got added to the Astros last year. Garrett Cole wasn't incredible in the playoffs. Well, and like you just said, I mean, we're talking, and we're and we're also talking about Wade Miley. Yeah, exactly. And again, we're talking Braves. Braves had three Hall of Famers. Imagine having to face them in the playoffs. Yeah. Three straight games. You have three Hall of Famers. Like, off the top of my head, I just don't know who touches that. You don't even have to go beyond three guys when you have that that type of juice going into the playoffs. So, let's go through the trades. A lot of people are... I mean, Atlanta Braves. Maddox, Glavin, Nagel, Millwood, Smoltz. Danny Nagel? Yeah, pretty strong. Forgot about him. 86 Mets. Gooden, Darling, Fernandez, Ojeda, Aguilera. Braves again. Maddox, Glavin, Avery, Smoltz. Dodgers, Koufax, Drysdale, Sutton, Austin. Like, obviously we're going back to, you know, none of us got to watch. But, like, there was also, don't forget, uh, don't forget the fucking... Randy Johnson shilling like Diamondbacks. Just, just like right there. Randy Johnson shilling. One two is like that's better than Verlander Granky. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and Verlander Granky is sick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, a lot of people think the Braves had a very good trade deadline with some of their moves. Yeah, Braves are Braves are doing everything right. And this, and then the opposite. A lot of people thought the Yank, you know, the Yankees and Dodgers really didn't do much. Yeah, the Yankees and the Dodgers were a fucking disaster. I just don't understand either of them. Okay, well, let's start with the Yankees. The Yankees, I get it. They're not. They're trying not to be what the Yankees were forever. They've changed their, they've changed their strategy, and they're good because they've had young guys come up through the system. But. The Red Sox won the World Series last year. This is the arms race, right? This is this is you know the Cold War. This is the Soviet Union and the USA. Like you're going back and forth. Like you have to make a move. Yeah. And the Dodgers, like guys, you've lost the World Series every year at this point. Like it's 
with World Series win or bust. You have to make a move. I just don't understand what the fuck they're doing. What was that? What would that move have been? I don't know. Look, I'm not a. I'm not the kind of guy who's like studying fucking farm systems. Yeah, you know. But get a reliever. Get a starting pitcher. Get like, how, why is Trevor Bauer on the Reds right now? Why is Zach Greinke on the Astros right now? Yeah. What? Why? Why is Why is Zach Wheeler or Noah Syndergaard still on the Mets? If those guys were being able, if those guys were on the table. Okay, the Mets were asking too much for Syndergaard. And I'm fucking glad the Mets were asking too much for Syndergaard because I'm st- I'm stoked we still have him. I'm stoked we still have Wheeler. But you don't win World Series unless you make those fucking moves. You might get to the World Series, but you need those guys. Like, Why aren't the Dodgers mortgaging a little bit of the future to, to win, win the World, World Series? Series? Yeah. That's what everybody, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Do you like them to make it back? No. No, I don't. You like Atlanta? I'm still on this Cardinals team. Okay. I like I like the fucking sleepy Cardinals. Yeah, at this point, though, you're right. The Dodgers, you've made it to back-to-back World Series. You haven't won one since 1988. Money's not a problem. You're in the second biggest market in the country. You have to mortgage your future. I understand. Bumgarner is a is a giant. So they're not going to trade him. They're to the not going to trade him to the Dodgers. But like, they're going to trade him to the Dodgers if you fucking make them an offer they can't refuse. Yeah. Right. The, the Dodgers fucked up not by not trading for somebody and those people went elsewhere. Like, okay, Granky went to the Astros. But they the Dodgers fucked up in not trading for guys that didn't end up getting moved. Yeah. Also, how is Stroman on the Mets for two like mediocre prospects and doesn't go that I understand the the uh Blue Jays didn't want to trade him to the Yankees because they're a division team. And then the talk was that the Mets were going to try to immediately swing him to the Yankees. And the Yankees were, like, afraid of losing a, a trade to the Mets. Which, again, the same thing is, like, who – if you're the Yankees, who gives a fuck about the Mets? You have to treat the Mets – and this is coming from arguably one of the world's biggest Mets fans. You have to treat the Mets like, we will do whatever the fuck we want. We'll always be better than you. Yeah. The Mets are little brother. Yeah. Like, the Mets are the equivalent of your little brother in that, like, oh, let's race. I'll give you a head start. Yeah. You know? So the idea that the Yankees don't try to take Stroman in a reported, the Mets trying to get him from Toronto to then move him. And and that was the Mets' strategy. It's like, we know you're not going to trade him to the Yankees, so we'll take him and then we'll trade him to the Yankees because we don't give a fuck. The idea that the 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 Yankees and the Dodgers don't aren't on the phone to get Stroman. If the Dodgers don't win it this year, you have to basically revisit all this stuff, the whole Dave Roberts thing. Do they still have the best record in baseball? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're, or or they're, or they're right there. But like 
if you, if you go Astros Dodgers in a World Series right now, like the Astros pitching staff urinates on them. Yeah, it does. And the other, like you're talking about Ryu or whatever, like oh his season. It's like that's I, I, you're you're gonna take the Ryu and the Cole and you're gonna cancel each other out because you don't know what they're going to give you in the postseason. You don't know, like. They'll be okay. Will they be good? Will they be great? Will they like? I have a feeling, Verlander and Grinky are going to show up. Sure, Kershaw. Let's say we you can count on him showing up, which there's no proof that you can. And Bueller, like, dude, I'm taking I'm taking the fucking Astros in those first two games, like, and and Vegas would too. Vegas would have those guys at you know minus one forty five. Well, those are the two bit best teams right now, record-wise. Dodgers first, Astros second. And we're going to get to see the Strohs, Joe. I'm so fucking stoked. Coming up here on our Texas trip. Two fucking, I'm checking two more stadiums off the box. Where could we possibly get those tickets for those Astros actually, and Rangers I games? I actually do not know. Where would we you go? You don't know? SeatGeek! Of course! SeatGeek, the number one ticket app in all of the land. That's right, Joe Prano. We're going to be using SeatGeek. Dirtballs, if you want to meet us, we will be going to the Astros and the Rangers games. Let me pull up my calendar here to just verify the dates. We will be in Houston on August 20th. That's a Tuesday. And we will be in Arlington for the Rangers on Monday, August 19th. And we will for sure, 100%, without a doubt, be using SeatGeek to get our tickets. We love SeatGeek. We can see exactly where we're going to sit. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, which makes it easier to see. And their interactive map will let us know exactly what part of the ballpark we will be sitting. The best part of all this, Dirt Balls, if you want to meet us at the game... Use SeatGeek. They will give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And if you want to meet us in Amarillo, Texas for the Sod Poodles, send me a DM. They want to know they are hooking dirt balls up with tickets access to certain areas. They're really rolling out the red carpet for us. Shout out to Nick Yardley and everybody in the Saab Poodles organization. That will be on August 17th, Saturday night. So, so stoked. So we're going to have the some dirt balls down there. The Texas League Tour. We got some fun stuff planned. Yeah. There's rumors that I will be putting on the Saab Poodle mascot outfit. So which, awesome. Which I have been told... Is never washed. Yeah, is the most disgusting thing I, ever. I, I think it's. I think it's impossible to wash those masks. Like every time I've ever heard about a mascot outfit or worn one, it's like it stinks like high hell. Yeah, and Amarillo in the summer. I, how how the person in there even survives is yeah, remarkable. There's also rumors that uh, we might be doing. There's not rumors. We are doing antics live during the game. They might cut to us. Uh, testing some food products. Yeah. Uh, during yeah. the game. We might be live on the radio broadcast. Wow. We're going to have access to interviews with all the Sod Poodle players. All the Poodles. 
Bless you. Bless you. I'm addicted. I'm fucking allergic to excitement. And also, I'm hoping to get an interview with the the manager. The manager of the Sod Poodles is he's the infamous manager. Do you remember the the, the minor league manager that went off in the Braves organization? Do you remember this no. video? Well, I'll send it to you. By the way, looking at temperature, uh, today the high in Amarillo is 96. Tomorrow's high is... Today one- the high uh, feels like 140 in the costume. <laughs> Tomorrow's high is 100. Friday is 101. Amarillo keeping it 100. <laughs> so I can't wait. We have a whole Texas tour. We're going to be filming the whole thing. Nick D'Alessandro will be following us along with the camera. We're going to have a whole crew. Shout out to CT. He's getting us some rental car. We're going to be driving through the state of Texas. Making it happen, Joe Prano. Can't wait. Can't wait. Does Shabelli know? No. Definitely doesn't. I want to bring him on next week. Do another Does Shabelli know? Do another game of Does Shabelli know? Does Shabelli know? <laughs> he leaves for school in a couple weeks. He's done with his internship. What, is Shabelli going to be a senior? I was thinking that. I think he is. He's growing up before our eyes. Crazy. Shabelli's going to have a real job soon. Yeah. Wild. Can you imagine that? I wonder if this will be on his resume. <laughs> they'll be like, he, he sits down for an interview. They'll be like, talk about the time you thought Conor McGregor was <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Who did he think he was? He thought Conor McGregor was Mike Tyson. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Mike Tyson? Has there has there been any segment in our podcast history that's given you more enjoyment also slash embarrassment than does Shabelli now? I don't think so. Right? The time I almost died on the 101 for the Muhammad Ali thing was like in- insane. I had to pull over. Yeah. Got to get Aaron back here too. Aaron's chomping at the bit. Yeah. Where's old White Claw? Yeah, he's got an internship. Old Red Claw. He's got an internship, so he can only make shows at night. Which, I'll be honest, Aaron, I know you're going to listen to this. Just drop out of law school. Just drop out of law school for your unpaid internship. Yeah, sounds like a smart decision. So so that Ruther can shame all of your life choices. Mostly the uh, White Claw one. He should get a job with them. We give them so much free publicity. Yeah. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. By the way, I want to bring up last night. Joe, myself, Tug Coker started a new trend, a new ritual. Sushi Wednesday. <laughs> As me like LeBron doing my LeBron. All you can eat sushi Wednesday. It's all you can eat sushi there every night, by the way. Every night. Is there a time period for that? Uh, three o'clock to close is the is the dinner special. Both All you can pre, eat pre three o'clock. It's five dollars cheaper. The lunch special, but I don't think all the rolls are available. It's about thirty two bucks a person. Yeah. All you can eat. You get three rounds. Yeah. Three rounds. You can't. You can't order the next round until you're done with the last round, and everything you order has to be eaten, or they charge you for it. Yeah. You guys did the. You guys had to do all the work on the. Uh, Third round last night. So Prano is basically... I was, by the way, I was ready to eat more. I And I was like, I could eat more. My problem was, I was like, there's no way I can perform. If you I had two shows last yeah. night. Yeah. I'm actually impressed that you did all-you-can-eat sushi 
and then did two shows. Yeah. I, I, I that's why that's the only reason I was like, okay, don't, you know, don't go f- to the max. Yeah. Because for me, otherwise I would have gotten a couple more fake crab sticks in that last round. I can't eat much before going on stage. I, I always, I always like to eat after performing. Yeah. Uh, so we went. It was the first time we've done this, and uh, I just want to give you a recap of what happened to me after all you can eat sushi. Like you said, Tug and I had to basically pick up your slack for the third round. Yeah. And I'm too cheap. I didn't want to pay for any leftovers. I got home. <laughs> Bless you. I told you I'm allergic to excitement. Yeah, you are. Got home about 10 o'clock. Dude, I was in bed by 1045. I I got home. I shit instantly. Yeah. But uh, let me, I don't want to get too graphic on the show, but like totally normal bowel movement. It wasn't normal. You weren't weren't like, I don't have diarrhea. Yeah, it, it was a normal bowel movement. Yeah. But I was exhausted. People always worry, like, oh, I'm going to eat some bad... You go, all you can eat, I'm going to eat some bad fish, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was exhausted because I think I had so many sushi rolls. By the way, the burrito, the sushi burrito, oh, my God. Bomb. Yeah. So, I will say, I got a good night's sleep. I was was probably asleep by 11.15. Was up a little past 7 a.m. this morning. Had a nice... That all you can eat sushi was like, sleep. (laughs) Had a nice bowel movement in the morning again. It's a perfect double taper. <laughs> I would love to do it again. Yeah. I, I hope Tug is on board. Tug seemed a little against this whole buffet and all you can eat. He says he's not a fan of that. Well, I think what what was good about last night is I introed you guys. Yeah. And I, you know, you let me kind of handle the ordering out of the gate. And then and then I did round two, which was like our cool down round. And then you guys took the ball for that third round. I think the next time we go, it can be more of a, you know, team decisions. Like it'll be more ordering as a group, like more, more group things. You really did play the LeBron card. Yeah. You were seeing the court. You were calling what type of food we were going to do. Yeah. There was a whole strategy. But, like, even the last the last round, Tug was like, I need something with a little crunch. Now everybody knows what's available. Yeah. Know whatever. Like, what did we get the last round? We got the – they have some interesting sushi roll names. Yeah, you guys got a couple crunch rolls, like an Obamacare roll and, like, a Clinton's Je- daughter and a – The Jessica Alba roll. Yeah, Jessica Alba roll. Got that. It's very crunchy. Yeah. And then we ordered the, uh, the Bernie Sanders roll, and then we had to share it with the entire restaurant. Oh, nice. It was kind of bullshit. Yeah. I didn't like that. I'd like to go back, though. It's close. I love that place. Yeah. I'm down for a weekly. Great service, except for water. They they do impeccable service, but for some reason they hate giving you water. And honestly, the thing is, too, if you guys are down for it, I mean, yesterday we had... We, you know, we had some discussions too. We had to have about some different dirty sports things. We Business had a, talk. Yeah, but the way to go, the real way to go, sushi bar. Sushi bar is always the way to go. Ah. Oh, if I can, if I go to sushi, I doesn't matter how many people I'm with. I prefer to eat at the sushi bar because then you get you get direct contact with the guys making your sushi. Yeah. And you're like, yo, we need water. We need whatever. Yeah. They're right there. Yeah. White people love sushi. I love. I can't speak for all white people. But white I people. Lo- I love sushi. I've had sushi twice twice this week already. Twice. Yeah, I had sushi on Monday. Down in Hermosa. Yeah, down in uh, Manhattan Beach, right before Poncho's. Sushi a Monday. Not as fun as sushi with Wednesday. 
Am I going to get heat like LeBron got heat for just like doing a like? Is that yeah. what he got heat for? Yeah. Well, I think he got heat again because people were basically saying if a white person did that. Well, he got heat because LeBron gets heat for literally everything. Yeah, I agree. LeBron James, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, in a gym. Every fucking kid in the gym just like throwing basketballs at him, begging him to dunk. Yeah. And he dunks, and the internet's like, fucking stealing the fucking spotlight from his son. It's like, get the fuck out of here. The LeBron heat is wild because people are mad about him being enthusiastic for his son. And you want to say, how many people are deadbeat dads? Yeah. How many people are not in their son's lives in this country? So people are mad for him being excited. It is a weird phenomenon. I, I tweeted, and I and I mean both of the things that I tweeted about. It. If my son ever catches an alley oop that was went through somebody's legs and thrown, I'm holding the entire gym at gunpoint so that somebody can make a Leroy Neiman style portrait, so somebody can paint a portrait of the scene. And then and then one of uh, the dirt balls was like your 14 year old son. I was like, if my 14 year old son throws down an alley oop, I'm burning down the gym. So that that is the last game that is ever played there, and they put up a memorial in the place. Yeah. People just hate him. It, it all comes back, like I said. To me, it all comes back to the decision. Like, people can't get over shit. It's a very... We're in a weird time because I always say America's a forgiving culture. We love the comeback story. But unlike some people, we're just like, no, you don't ever get one. Like, you fucked up once. We hate you forever. And like I remember, it was like a couple cancel months culture. Ago. It was a couple months ago. LeBron had like a little shooting contest with a kid. They were like, "Oh, he almost lost!" Like he was five for five. The kid was four for five. The kid was like t- blogged about how it was like the greatest moment of his life. Everybody was like, "Oh, fucking stealing!" It's like I want to see the person. And by the way, this is the internet for you. I want to see the person where LeBron James is somewhere, and that person's like, "Please don't fucking shoot the basketball." Like everybody's everybody's a fucking tough guy. Everybody's a fucking hater until that person's right in front of them, and that's like, oh, 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 well, oh, 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 it's LeBron James. I saw LeBron James. My question. I want to know how many people talk shit to LeBron James in person. Nobody. Nobody. And 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 my question to people who get worked up is, what's the difference between LeBron being excited for his kid than if we walk right outside my door, walk right across the street? to the basketball courts here in Venice Beach. And they do dunk contests a fair amount. When they're doing those dunks there, people are going just as nuts. Do you see my point? What's the difference between Venice bystanders going nuts and LeBron going nuts? And and honestly, at this point, if you know anything about AAU basketball culture, that's essentially what it is. It's summer, like, showcase tours. Like, this is not, you know, no one's fucking... Going like, oh, he's a five-time AU champion. Like, it's not about championships. It's not about winning games. Honestly, it's about showcasing these kids. And uh, there's a million highlights of it's like an people, and one. people getting dunked on and people like going crazy and running on the court. It's like an and one tour yeah. at this point. Yeah. Kid in transition goes through his legs, throws an alley oop. A 14-year-old who's the the son of the greatest basketball player of all time dunks it. And LeBron's excited, and people like if you're upset about this, you're a fucking loser. Like the end, you're a loser. You're a loser. A lot of unhappy people in this world, Joe. Yeah, there really is. 
Now that we're talking NBA, I got a quick story which I saw today on Yahoo. The Clippers, Steve Ballmer, is open to changing the team's name. Have we said this before? Changing the team's name? Yeah. Okay. So they revealed this week the arena that they want in Inglewood. Right. For people who don't know the area, Inglewood is where the Rams' new stadium is going to be. They're building this you know, massive complex outside of the Rams' Chargers' new stadium in Inglewood. It's where, it's, it's where the Lakers used to play. Yeah. And as we all know, Inglewood is always up to no good. Right. So I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. Because you're the whitest person of all time. Inglewood. As we know, Inglewood is, in fact, always up to no good. Never up to good. Although Randy's Donuts, very good. Yeah. I've also heard the forum, seeing a concert there. Very good. So, in fact, is Inglewood always up to no good? Has it changed? Inglewood, possibly up to no good. Possibly up to good. Yeah. We we at Dirty Sports investigate. A Dirty Sports investigates. Is Inglewood truly always up to no good? I'm Andy Ruther, DSPN. We sent Aaron Moharis to the streets of Inglewood <laughs> to find out if they are in fact always up to no good. I'm just picturing Aaron walking around. You know yeah. what I want to do, actually? Aaron twerks with wolves Moharis, DSPN. I was thinking about doing this. I, I want to take the white claw. I know it won't end. And I was thinking of Aaron, me and Aaron doing this. I want to take it to non-white people. Now that you bring up Inglewood. Well, I, you, you, you at one point during the great white claw debate, which I was out of town for mu- much of, was like posting like, white, there's actually a famous white claw ad that has some black people in it. Well, no, I stick by my claim that it's only white people drinking this shit. And I, we could put it to the test. We could go into Inglewood. We could... Go. I don't know how this works because it's an alcoholic beverage. I don't think you should be going up to random people. But we still probably could because we all know Inglewood's up to no good, so they don't care. I think White Claw and the spiked seltzer and the non-beer liquor drink phenomenon that's happening is a cultural revolution, and I think many people are enjoying it. Cultural revolution. I think, I think it is. Unbelievable. Well, I think we should find out. We should do a DSPN Investigates. But back to my original point, Steve Ballmer, as discussing the new arena in Inglewood, is toying with the idea of not only changing the logo, the colors, and he says perhaps the nickname itself when we move into a new arena. He said we have a once-in-a-lifetime chance to really step our identity up another level. I don't anticipate making a change but we do have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and that is the kind of thing you somehow do in cons- in consultation with your fans. So he is down to explore the idea of changing the Clippers' name, which is named after uh, right the ships because it was they were originally from San Diego. Yep, a Clipper ship. What do you think about this? I like Clippers. I like it. I think it's cool. I like it when teams have a name that's not so fucking. You know, standard. It's not an animal. It's not a whatever. So, you know, obviously I'm a, a Mets, Knicks, Giants fan. So I, I, I'm i down with it. Like, oh, what are you going to be? You're going to be the fucking Panthers. You're going to be the fuck like I, I like Clippers. I also like the red, white and blue. I think that if they were smart, they would take the opportunity to get the, the soft blue back involved. 
I always love the uh, powder blue that was involved, the ocean blue, if you will, that was involved in the old Clippers uniforms. Um, but I also don't love the new, the like the most recent Clippers logo, like the L and the A and the C in like the all in that one thing. I don't love it. So I would stick with the Clippers. Retro is in. I would make a I would make a move back to like a more of a retro style. You're you're going back to the forum, right? You're going back to Englewood. That's sort of a return to an area that was once great, fell on hard times, and has become. They're gonna make Englewood great again, Myga, as Ray Lewis would say. Um, I would be I would go for a retro push of the Clippers name and logo, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, the Clippers are your Mets version to the Lakers sure. as the Yankees. Yeah. So, good luck. Yeah, like the Mets. R- remove yourself from the black era. Get the black out of your uniforms. And uh, and get, get you know go with that retro look. Yeah. Maybe go some pinstripes. We should maybe get number one diehard Clipper fan to weigh in on this. Chris Wilde? Sam Tripoli? I think it's Chris Wilde since Chris Wilde attends Clippers games. Yeah, that's that's what I was that's what I was going for. Your phone is on fire today, Prano. I know. Sorry. I think we should do a. Can we do a? Uh, we should do a donation if if Prano has this. Could you turn your phone off for a whole episode? Sure. For donations. Yeah. I absolutely could. It's a busy time in my life, you know. I've got a lot going on, but everybody has a price. What if I just said, "Can you please turn your phone off?" No, that won't. That's not the. That's, that's <laughs> not a high enough price. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price, and mine is higher than. Fuck you, Ruther. Please. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna get the dirtball calls here in a minute, but Hard Knock starts next week. Is there any? What is it? Does it start this coming Sunday? I think they drop on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, right? Is there anything you're excited to see most? Fucking my boy Gruden. The whole thing. I love Gruden. Yeah. I've always loved Gruden. I'm a Gruden guy. Uh, You know, there's Gruden made a ton of moves last year. He's trying to change the culture of the Raiders. I am all about just seeing Gruden be Gruden. Yeah. I, I love Gruden's quarterback camp. I love Gruden in the booth. I'm a Gruden fan. I'm a John Gruden fan. Give me all the Gruden. So we got a supposedly healthy Derek and, Carr, and, and and no nothing shows a coach coach's personality more than how they handle training camp, right? Yeah, we we learned a lot about Hugh Jackson. Yeah, last year we learned that he sucked. Yeah, uh, we already knew they sucked, but we confirmed. Are the Raiders going to be the new? Like, oh, they're going to be good this year. Yeah, everybody, that happens with hard knocks every year. They got a, they got they got some pieces though. They picked up. So they could be all right. They they're not going to be all right. They'll be, yeah. I can usually judge how a team's going to be based on hard knocks and like the team's reaction to hard knocks. Everybody I, I tend to do the opposite of the public. I tend to be a seller yeah. of Hard Knocks teams instead of a buyer. But I'm interested to see. Like the Raiders aren't gonna be the Raiders aren't gonna be a playoff team this year. 
The Raiders aren't going to be decent. But, like, that that will kind of be what I am determining in watching the Raiders. Like, I will be watching the Raiders on Hard Knocks trying to figure out, can they win seven games? Oh, I was just going to look that up. Uh, I bet you they're over-unders. Four. I was going to say four I'd, and a half. I would bet it would be six. No way it's that high. In division with the fucking Chiefs and the Chargers. Okay, this is updated 18 hours ago. The win totals for... Four and a half. Where are we at here? This is in no order. The Raiders. It's probably in order of wins, right? I'm right. The over-under is at six. Wow. At minus 110. They won four games last year. Tough division. Tough division. I'm going to be watching Hard Knocks to determine over or under. Right now, I'm pounding the under. Pounding the under. I'm going five. It's just tough, too tough a division. Yeah. But. Yeah. I feel you. It is going to be tough. You got Broncos, are, you know, I'll be decent. Obviously, Chiefs, great. Chargers won 12 games last year. Yeah, very tough division. Well, Joe, when I'm watching Hard Knocks, I will be watching them in my comfortable and chill. Chill boy boxers. Yeah, chill boys. Look at, look at these things. Look at them. I've worn them. Mm, nice and... Have you worn these already? No, I, okay. I washed these. That's why I'm smelling them. Nice and soft. Oh, I love these. My blue pair. My black pair. I just washed these. We got, we got, is that weird that I'm smelling them? Kind of yeah, a little weird. Yeah, it is. I'm not going to smell them. Uh, we have more coming this week. I have some great things to announce with Chill Boys. The first thing I want to say is Dirt Balls, I love wearing these. They fit so nice. Bamboo. They got some of that great bamboo material. The bamboo is super soft. And what's great bamboo is. Bamboo has become my favorite fabric. It's become mine too. Mul- multiple of our. Fantastic sponsors use bamboo. Yeah. And I love it. It's so soft. So soft. And the summer is officially here. It took a minute. The sun is here. I, I need that softness on my junk. I'm looking forward to wearing these chill boys in Amarillo and keeping my boys chill, if that's, you know what I mean. That's right, guys. Best of all, guys, if you want to get a great deal with chill boys, you can use promo code DIRTY20. It's D-I-R-T-Y 20 for 20% off at chillboys.com. Gives you 20% off on your first order. Once again, that's Dirty 20, D-I-R-T-Y 20, to save 20% at chillboys.com. And I got something even better, which I'm about to spring on the Dirtball fam. They're doing a giveaway. To enter the Chill Boys Contest giveaway, which will be selected seven days from today, They'll be giving away two pairs of the Chill Boy Boxers. As Prino is showing them on YouTube right now. For a chance to win, Joe, this is the only thing they need to do. They need to follow Chill Boys on Instagram and tag two of their friends. And that's at Chill Boys, C-H-I-L-L, boys. And tag two of their friends. And you also need to follow Dirty Sports on Instagram, at The Dirty Sports. And a lot of you guys are probably already following us. At the Dirty Sports. So follow at the Dirty Sports and follow at Chill Boys and tag two of your friends for enter for entering to win. Now where do you tag them? 
Just like under one of their posts? Yeah. And just make sure you're following them. Under one of their posts, or you could you could create your own post, but it's probably easiest to do under one right. of their posts. So do that for a chance to win some of these soft, chill boys. So chill. So boys. So chill boys. Keep your boys chill. Chill boys. And this is coming from No Chill. Yeah. The most chill of the chill boys. When I wear my chill boys... I'm not no chill. I'm so chill. Joey, so chill, pray now. <laughs> so enter the contest and also uh, get that 20% off. Once again, what was that? At dirty20 at chillboys.com. Okay. Speaking of no chill, shout out to, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. The guy who came out to the West Side Comedy Theater, uh, Dirtball came out to the West Side Comedy Theater for a show last night. Uh, he had considered... Yelling no chill as I took the stage, but thought better of it, and I appreciate that. So, uh, fuck. So I'm so bad that I forget his it, name. Is but. he in town visiting? Yeah, I believe I know who it is. Because he, because no. he asked me if I had shows, and I told him that I was jumping on a show with you tonight. Yeah. In uh, in Huntington. In Huntington, I'll find it. But he's staying in Venice. I know that. He's staying staying very close to Savage Town. I gave him some Venice things to do. And I said, hit up Ruther over the weekend. You know, There's always a potential when the sun is shining like it has been in Los Angeles. Lucas. That, Lucas. That as the weekend arrives, um, you know, beachside, pool, volleyball, and White Claws. Oh, no. No White Claws allowed. Fucking, I mean, I love that. You're like anti-white claws because it's like too of a too much of a white person thing. Meanwhile, you spend your weekend playing pool volleyball. Yeah, I am pool a white volleyball person. and white claws is like peak whiteness. Well, I agree. It's not that it's not that the whiteness is what turns me off from white claw. We're not going down. God, we I do this all the time. Yeah, we did it again last night with Tug. If you're dinner. gonna play volleyball, just play volleyball. Just pool volleyball. What is this? It's like volleyball light to the white claw of volleyballs. I'm down, I'm down for both, as you know. Real volleyball and pool volleyball. Okay, let's get to the dirtball calls, Prano. Dirtballs, dirtball calls. Dirtballs, dirtball calls. Dirtballs, dirtball calls. We got the dirtballs, dirtball calls. Okay, first up, what do we got? What do we got on the board? This one's been sitting. You want me to get one that's been sitting here for a long time? Let's, yes. Let's get to it. Hey, Joe. Hey, Andy. It's Caden from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. This is my third and final call. I fucked up on the first one for sure and the second one probably. Classic. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm fucking sick and tired of the media disrespecting Richard Incognito. Um you know, yeah, he, he wanted to cut off his dead father's head, but you know what? It was in the name of science, and all the headlines I've been reading today have failed to say that. Um, I also want to say I'll put 40 large ones on the Philadelphia 76ers of Philadelphia to go to the NBA Finals this year. Um, fuck Giannis. I uh, can't fucking shoot. So they'll beat him. Uh, I also want to say condoms are for... Um, Jay Buckets, a.k.a. Jonathan Meyer. All right. Have a good one, boys. Oh, shouting out his boy for a condoms or for it, sounds like. I uh, I actually, you know, 
respected his Philadelphia 76ers thing right up until he said, fuck Giannis, he can't shoot. You just maxed out Ben Simmons, who has never made an NBA jump shot. Good point. <laughs> so that's a that was a great call. Uh, the Richie Incognito thing was funny, but you served yourself a giant L as a Philadelphia Sixers fan. When you ever, you can't even mention somebody not being able to shoot. You're just not allowed to. You're not allowed to criticize somebody not being able to shoot. It's like OJ walking around being like, I don't like that guy. Kind of violent. Did you? See- you murdered your wife and a waiter. Oh, I was I OJ OJ's hot takes by the way on I'm, the, I've I unfollowed OJ no, on Twitter why yeah, I, he doesn't even tweet that much he's, Joe. A, he's a he's just he's he not bar- even doing hot takes he's just he barely tweets he's just a fucking he's he, just trying to make headlines he barely tweets yeah he had an 18 second video last night talking about the Democratic debate yeah he's not even tweeting now I like that's kind of disrespectful unfollowed Juice. OJ, OJ. I've, never I've unfollowed you. you, sir. Please don't murder me. I'll never unfollow OJ. The offer still stands, OJ. By the way, I noticed OJ follows Twitter verified and also Twitter support. It is interesting. How is he not verified? Yeah. I guess they just want to stay out of verifying murderers. But we all know it's OJ Simpson. Yeah. Just verify the guy. Because if if that's the case, then don't give him a Twitter account. Either don't give him a Twitter account or verify him. Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, like, there are murderers. Ray Lewis is verified, isn't he? That's a good point. Hillary Hillary Clinton's verified. Shots fired. Who's going to get verified first, me or O.J. Simpson? O.J. If OJ kills me, I bet I will. What's the word? Post, like when somebody dies, posthumously. How, how do you say it? <laughs> Posthumously. <laughs> I thought you were talking about postmortem. Posthumously. Yeah. Get verified. Okay, let's get to another call. Hey Joe, hey Andy, Ethan here from State Callers, number one half third caller, and uh, I'm calling back again because my lap call is a little distracted, but. I just finished uh, listening to the Joe Prano, Kobe Bryant shot challenge on SoundCloud, um, and it got me thinking about, you know, players who are kind of similar to Kobe, and if we could ever see potentially something like that again. And uh, so I started to think about Carmelo Anthony, um, and then I see on Twitter that uh, his trainer, Chris Brickley, is claiming that Carmelo is still better than 70% of the NBA today. And uh, he thinks that Carmelo Anthony should be signed by a team so he can get a, uh, a farewell tour, basically, and get treated like Grand Raider, I think is what he said. Um, and so, you know, hypothetically, there's a good chance it won't happen. But if it were to happen, could we expect to have a Joe Prano, Carmelo Anthony shot challenge next year for, for Carmelo Anthony's final NBA game? Um, that's all I have, guys. Condoms are for Joe Bartnick and Sam Tripoli. Double condoms. Um, so the Carmelo, like the claim that Carmelo Anthony is better than 70% of the NBA isn't that wild. The problem is, has never been Carmelo Anthony's talent. It's Carmelo Anthony is a fucking selfish piece of shit who refuses to change his game at all. Despite the fact that his game does not fit the modern NBA and despite the fact that people hate playing with him and despite the fact that his style of play has never been 
led to team success literally ever. So I don't think Carmelo's talent or ability has ever been in question here. And I think the reason that Carmelo won't get another shot in the NBA, won't get a farewell tour, is no one, there's never been a sign that Carmelo Anthony is willing to change at all to stay in the rotation, to stay on a roster, to stay in the league. And that's why no one will sign him because they don't want, no team wants to bring in somebody who plays that style of basketball. And honestly, as much as I hate Kobe Bryant, I have some semblance of respect for Kobe Bryant. And that's why I was willing to do the Kobe Bryant shot challenge. Also, I knew Kobe Bryant would take 50 shots and that I would put my life on the line. But I have no respect for Carmelo Anthony and won't dignify the end of his career by doing a shot challenge. And for anybody who is not familiar, because, dude, we're talking at this point two-plus years ago, right? Yeah. Was it 2016? Yeah. So three-plus years ago. Yeah, April 2016, right? Joe took a shot every time Kobe took a shot. God, I wish we were doing YouTube back then. We were live on a thing called— Me, Me puking into the orange bucket that had a crack in the bottom? Oh, my God. We were live on something called Rabble. My apartment was so, the, the Smart Studio. It was completely different. Couch was that way. TV over here. Everything was that same puke beige that you had that you were rocking. Uh, it was this couch then, though, right? It was this couch. Yeah, yeah. And Joe did a feat unlike any man ever yeah. had done before. Yep. It's available on SoundCloud. The Joe Prano, Kobe Bryant shot challenge. It's not available on iTunes, iTunes. Only goes back 250 episodes. Got it. And I believe Spotify the same way. So if you want that, you can go on SoundCloud. All right, let's get to some more calls. What's up, fellas? This is Jew. Uh, I just want to call about the demise of baseball. Baseball growing up was my favorite sport. I remember like Sunday Night Baseball, Joe Morgan, um, and the fucking fat white guy, I forget his name. But, uh, it was just like always like the best. He was like, wait for it. Now, you know, you get your own team. You go watch them every game. But I feel like there's like specific aspects of baseball that are just fucking making it so miserable to watch. And number one, now with the trade deadline here any day, I hate to be a self-hating white man like Andy Ruther, but these fucking cheddar dick white dudes, the Buster Olmies or fucking Jeff Passan, they are the most fucking annoying people in the world. They're so fucking annoying. All they talk about is fucking analytics and, like, I get analytics, whatever, but Tim Kirchin, you can never hear him speak without him talking about players who played when black people weren't in baseball and then the one black guy I always talks about is Hank Aaron it's like you never everything is always fucking super outdated so that's a for me topic number one so maybe next week I'll call in and give another reason why but fucking dorky ass white people so next time for Juno Juno is he trying? Wait, is he trying to produce his own segment on the show? I don't know. Well, first of all, Jew boy or whatever you go as, if you keep breaking the sixty-second rule, you're not going to have a segment. Dorky ass white boys ruining dirtball calls. 
I, I have to agree with him. It's funny that he says that. I was literally thinking that. So yesterday I had, uh, obviously, I had the two TVs gone. I had MLB Network and I had ESPN. The guys on ESPN are without a doubt the worst compared to MLB Network. The guys on ESPN, this, this Jeffrey Passon guy who is the ultimate cheddar dick, he is an advocate of the Nets. He's one of those people. Is the biggest fucking dork. I didn't see much FaceTime with him until I started watching the Deadline stuff. He is the biggest nerd. He should not be on TV. He should not be discussing a sport. Plain and simple. I don't know why anybody would think that this is new. Baseball has a long and storied history of being one type of person on the field and one type of person that covers the sport. Peter Gammon's diamond notes. Yeah, everybody, like baseball is a very particular game because there's people who played and then there's every kid who went to a ball game with their dad and learned to keep score and started being a stat nerd and started fucking, you know, writing little stories and writing fucking things about baseball and like, if you look at every baseball writer, they're so they're all they've always been the biggest fucking dorks yeah. of all time. Basketball has embraced NBA Twitter. Basketball has embraced, you know, the blogosphere and cool people being involved and fucking memes and all this shit. And football is weird, too. It can be weird, too. But, like, football at least embraces, like, the former player. It, I was just talking about this last night. There's, I can't think of one single broadcast team in all of NFL coverage that doesn't have a former player on it. None of them just do, like, the, you know, like the color guy and the broadcast guy. Like, none of them. So many baseball ones do. Uh, it's 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 always been dork culture. It's always been the MLB writers, the Mike Lupicas, the Peter Gammons, the Tim Kirchens, guys who have just never held a fucking like they they played little league, they hit the ball, it it fucking made their hands hurt, and then they like quit playing baseball forever, and they're like, I'm just gonna write about it. <laughs> I like it, you know. It's such a numbers game. So the idea that anybody would get upset that. Baseball that has always been ruined. I mean, Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Shoeless Joe, like all of the people, all the fucking dorky people over the years who have fucking kept these guys out of the Hall of Fame that have fucking been like, he was mean to me. He put me in a locker. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame. He put me in a, he put me in a toilet and flushed it. He didn't give me an interview after the Giants games. He told me I was a cuck. You are a fucking cuck. Pete Rose fucked my 14-year-old sister. Yeah. Because Pete Rose is a savage and you're a cuck. He was never worried. Pete Rose is five foot eight. was never worried about you doing anything about it. Yeah, you you are right. And there there is a lot of something to the nostalgia. MLB doesn't let you fucking tweet their shit, or put up gifts of their shit. They, they, like, they specifically try to keep it. As these as fucking Dorkville USA, and that's what we're seeing. With that's exactly what we're seeing with this whole net debacle. Yeah, is the Jeffrey Passons of the world the complete and utter fucking dorks? You're a fucking dork, dude. Walk into my apartment. I'll say it to your face. You are a fucking dork. 
you are an advocate for Nets when you're caring more about the safety of the game. There's no safety. Just get off your fucking phone. You're too busy tweeting about shit to pay attention to the damn game. It's a, it's a sad state. It really is. It's but it's the, it's always been the state of baseball. This is something that this is something that baseball has has always been one of the reasons that baseball never connects with like the masses since like since color TV and fucking social media. Well, you have a good point. You, you really do. No one's asking a fun question in the locker room. No one's yeah. fucking. Uh, having a fun interview. No one's doing whatever because it's just fucking dorky white guys being like, "He got hit with a pie. This is wild. I've got I've got whipped cream on my shirt." There's no look at this way, guys. There's no Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smiths like they have in basketball. There's no Deion Sanders, Shannon Sharps. You, you know those type of characters that they have in football. You really don't have that. And, and even even take ESPN's. Broadcast. And I was watching last night's Cardinals Cubs game. Even that crew, which last night uh, the former player is uh, Dave Ross. Nice guy. He's a dorky catcher. But it's like there, there's not much personality. There. That's why the Met. That's why when the Mets have fucking Hernandez and Darling on simultaneously, it truly is. And this is coming from a Mets fan, I know, but it's truly one of the great broadcast teams of all time when both of them are there because they're both fucking 86 Met big swinging dicks that don't care what anybody thinks because they're like, was your team cooler than our championship team? No? Fuck off. Yeah. And they're like not afraid to say shit and they're not afraid to act like fucking pimps. And that's why they're awesome because they have fucking swagger. Yeah. For, For, you know, basically two white guys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. That that is a problem with baseball. I can remember make baseball swaggy for once. I can remember as a kid. I'm not even making this. You actually bringing up Peter Gammons just brought me back to this. I can remember as a kid, like third or fourth grade. Me and my buddy. I don't even know why we were doing this. We were in art class, and we couldn't stop laughing. Making fun of Peter. We were, I was nine years old. We were just riffing back and forth, making fun of Peter Gammon's ESPN's Diamond Notes. At age nine, yeah. I knew he was a dork. That's why when you get into the postseason, we get like, I don't, I, I don't think Big Poppy's going to be there this year. Or maybe he will. Who knows? Uh, but like Pedro and Poppy and Frank Thomas and Pete Rose, like Gary the last Sheffield. couple of years, like you're, there's finally you get some fucking. You get some personality. Yeah, exactly. Those are the calls for this week. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Shout out to all the dirtballs for the calls. And uh, drop us a question. Yeah, I want to do a double push here uh, for the dirtball calls. We are in the doldrums of summer. Uh, Hard Knocks is starting, but we're still over a month away from the start of NFL season. You know, this is a this is the dog days, guys. This is where we are. We are doing the podcast version of uh, living inside of a sod poodles costume in Texas in August. Like this is the struggle is real. I know I've been away for a couple of weeks. Andy has been, 
you know, fighting through with the help of other white guys like Andy Lazarus and Tug Coker and the great White Claw debates. Uh, but we need some action. So, you know, think outside the box. Get swaggy. Give us some phone calls. Dirtball calls could truly be something that helps us get through the next month before NFL starts. I am looking to you, Dirtball fam, to provide us with great questions so that we can provide you with great content. Make August fun again. 310-359-8365. And come see... Joe, come see me if you guys are if you guys are out and about. DMs are open at Andy Ruther at the Dirty Sports, all on Twitter and Instagram. Again, do that contest if you want to uh, possibly qualify for a couple pair of free underwear. Chill, boys. Joe Prano at Joe Prano on Instagram. Please give me a follow at Fix Your Life on Twitter. JoePrano.com for shows. Uh, shows are mostly around LA for the next couple weeks before I am in uh, La Jolla at the Comedy Store with my dear dear friend Eddie Ift the first weekend in September. Probably my second favorite location to go for shows besides Tahoe. Although the shows are always better. The shows in La Jolla are always sick. Uh, Eddie and I always surf. We uh, ding. We go out at the beach there. It's a fantastic time. So if you're in Southern California, uh, San Diego area, get on the Comedy Store website right now and get some tickets to see us in La Jolla. Word. And again, if you want to see us in Texas, let me know or DM me about Amarillo so you can get on that list to get tickets for the game. All right, Dirtballs, that is the show. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Like Joe said, drop us a call. Make Dirtball Calls great again. All right, Prano, let's do it. Let's wrap it up. I know you got a slides to do, so let's finish this up. Dirtballs, thanks for the support, and most importantly, stay dirty.